it's just nice that this show has always been just the two of us. I feel that it's really <laughs> it's quiet. It's intimate. You know that you know that episode of Star Trek where Oh yeah, um, I know all the episodes Doctor, of Star Trek. Uh what's her name? Doctor Crusher is like everybody's disappearing off the ship. Oh yeah. And yeah. then she's like she's then she's all alone. I remember. Yeah, she has to like take control of the enterprise, right? It's always it's always been just the two of us on this podcast, right? I don't even know anybody else in the world. <laughs> John oh my god it's just me on this podcast <laughs> I was trying to say how long I could do that that was pretty great because I heard the little bloom, bloom <laughs> Skype sound and I was that's like <laughs> yeah that's not yeah, that's, he that's got me. kicked off that would have been amazing <laughs> bloom, bloom. no Anything interesting technology-wise happened? Did today? anything happen at all this week? Did anybody report anything? Um, I, I've stopped financial or otherwise. Oh, financial! Jeez, no, nah, no one cares about that. It's just money. <laughs> I let me tell you, I just learned some money's. interesting things. I learned some interesting things this week. Let me tell you about foreign currency exchange. Oh headwinds. yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, headwind. I, I like. Let's talk give... about. Let's talk about that for an hour. Yeah. No. I. I this is. You're, if you're just tuning in, this is. <laughs> Foreign, to foreign, foreign currency exchange. headwinds and hedging, um, <laughs> where we tell you how to trim your hedges and <laughs> paddle upstream against headwinds. Foreign currency headwinds. So, yeah, I listened to that entire call. In fact, live blogged it over at Six Colors and um, didn't understand about 50% of it, which was high. Usually, <laughs> I think I understand maybe 60 to 75% of it. But there was a lot of talk about money this time. Those an- financial analysts finally living up to their names. <laughs> Yep. But uh didn't stop Gene Monster from asking about the Apple TV. About... Now technically he asked about the Apple TV box this time. True. Or, uh, so He did ask about if they had any future plans for it. Still yeah, right. He's still working that angle. Well, it's weird because I feel like we've talked about this before, but the Apple TV is pretty long in the tooth. It really is. And, oh god, and, it's killing me. It's and, absolutely killing me. You know, I've actually switched over to the Fire TV for a lot of my like tv streaming needs because my apple tv which is a second gen model i think has taken to spontaneously rebooting uh crashing frequently like it's just it's gotten worse and worse uh and so i you know i'll be watching like a show and it will literally just stop and then restart (laughs) uh and i was like okay great okay so i was you know i wasn't in the middle of watching that or anything that's cool um (laughs) And the Fire TV is actually not bad. I mean, I, I think I like the Apple TV interface a little bit better, but the Fire TV is very fast, very responsive, mm-hmm. um, and it works not only with pretty much all the same services except for iTunes, but it also has other stuff like Plex, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Apple TV, aside from essentially AirPlay being the compelling feature, yeah, uh, not much there left for me. But right do now. you do you so do you purchase? Do you, I know you watch some TV shows. I do. Um, do you buy them or do you stream them like off of Hulu or something? Almost all of them I stream off Hulu. Okay. Um, there are a few, or or like a streaming site, like um, I think I watch like a show or two on CBS, and so I'll stream those directly from the CBS site because um, I don't think most of the CBS stuff is on Hulu right now. Right. Um, and you can do that with like uh, Plex. Actually, my right. favorite little trick about Plex, which I will I will t- mention because um, I'm hoping it doesn't get out. 
there are shows that I stream. You can set up like a video streaming channel through Plex, and it will sort of just chat, like provide a front end to their web service. But if you go through the website for CBS, the ad situation is atrocious. It's just it's so many ads, oh. and for some reason, when you like use the Plex interface for the CBS streaming. <laughs> There are no ads. It somehow just strips. I think it has to do with the way the flash loading works. It just it just skips over all the ads, which is Good amazing. For Good I, for I, them. I don't think it's even intentional. I think it's just the way that CBS has architected their their video playback thing. Um, and so I, you know, very quietly not said anything about this for a long time because don't ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> we don't want CBS to know. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I what about you? Do you buy stuff through iTunes mainly, or what? I yeah, I well, I do a little bit of both. If I really like the show, I'll buy it off of iTunes. Um, and and sometimes what happens is I'll watch a show, and then I want to get my wife or my son into it mm-hmm. at later. And you can't, you know, Hulu only keeps right like the most five recent episodes it, or something like that it depends on the show some yeah. of them it keeps like all of them but it depends entirely on like the licensing agreements and that's one of the frustrating things about hulu is that it's just totally inconsistent right yeah and so uh you know flash was, was a show that i know we both watch and i wanted to get the family into it and couldn't you know i had to go back and buy it just because it wasn't it wasn't the your very first episode was not on right hulu so, uh, which is fine because I, that's a good show and, you know, and we're all, and we're watching it. So, um, it's money well spent. You know, I, I have a, in the past, let's say in the past, in the distant past, <laughs> I have acquired shows through <laughs> other methods. Uh, and Ill I really gotten gains. Yeah. I have really, uh, the wages of sin. Dan. I feel that as an adult, <laughs> I have tried to move away from that. Um, because whenever there is a like streamable alternative, I will switch to that, even though it's like, well, I could get this without ads or whatever, but I honestly feel like, well, I want, at least on the streamable stuff, I feel like my voice gets counted. Um, so people know it's like, if I'm watching flash on Hulu, like there is a record, like I like this show and I, and I enjoy this show and keep this show on the air. Whereas if you get your shows through alternative methods, that is just they don't you know you may not be paying for it on the one hand but you're also not sort of you know putting your voice in and saying i like this show and so i worried like too many people will start pirating shows and then they'll cancel those shows i wonder though i wonder if they i mean they i feel like they probably look at do look at those numbers somehow and um and i wonder how they look at them if they look at them just as oh my god we gotta shut these this stuff down look how many people are downloading this our content or if they actually look at it and say Hey, look how popular our content is. I got to figure it's kind of a mix these days. Right. Um, you know, for, for example, I think last year, they at some point they released in the last month or two, like the most pirated things from last year. And I think Game of Thrones was still the top TV show. Um, yeah. And, and HBO is particularly vigilant about like sending cease and desist notices. The only one I ever got was from HBO. And was for Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I stopped torrenting Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, not that I just, this is not to be construed as any admission of guilt or illegal activity. Certainly not. Uh, uh, and this will all be cut from the episode anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> Slice. I mean, but HBO is the one where the, I believe the the CEO is famous for having said that he doesn't care if people share their, right, right. their login credentials. I mean, uh, I think they probably do care to a, like, at some point, 
but at the same time I think they realize that, you know, yeah. and it's a little different sharing your login credentials than, than just like going and downloading it. Right. Exactly. I'm sure they prefer yeah. that you share your login credentials as opposed to pirating it. Right. I'm sure that they'd prefer you buy your own as opposed to sharing login credentials, but that is a little, that was a little more limited um, it, or continues to be limited up until we hear what their plans are for the a la carte stuff that they've promised. Um, but I mean, you know, and that to me, um, you know, I've been very lucky to know people with HBO Go set up, so I've been right. able to watch that stuff. I would seriously consider paying for it myself if there were an a la carte option, but I don't have I don't have a cable connection right now, yeah, uh, and have not for I think I I shared one when I lived with some roommates for a couple of years, but barring that, I really haven't had cable for pretty much ever. Like I grew up. <laughs> I grew up without cable. I think the only times you grew up without cable. Yeah, we didn't have cable in oh, my wow. house. Um, the first time I had cable, my parents, of course, my parents got it after I left. Um, sure. Well, yeah. yeah. Like now we can watch all That's those what I shows. Uh, <laughs> we have time. Yeah, I had it in college for a couple of years when we lived in an apartment, and then I had it in one of my apartments. But in the last, you know, thirty almost thirty five years, I think I've only had lived someplace with cable TV for about maybe five less than five years hmm. so see i, I, I had really it for it, i had it forever um until gosh i want to say four four years ago yeah mm-hmm. i think it was about when was the olympics <laughs> uh every four years <laughs> yep <laughs> anyway it was right before an olympics and uh and it would have been a winter olympics and uh my wife and i had talked about it and the thing that I had not explicitly said was that, you know, we should probably wait until after the Olympics. And I was, and it was back when I was working at the, at an office and she called me while I was at the office. She said, well, I canceled cable. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you canceled cable like a month before the Olympics. She's like, oh, <laughs> oh, well, so no going back. We, uh, we went without the Olympics that year and have gone without the Olympics basically ever since, um, but but the part of the, I mean, part of the point of doing that was also just to say you know because I because I was getting rid of that fifty sixty dollar a month bill that I was going to take that money and spend it on the content that I liked hmm. um, and and still end up spending less than I would have spent right paying the cable bill. Well, I don't tend to buy TV shows for the most part because I don't rewatch them as much, and eventually I, do, I will I will I will rewatch a bunch of them. Well, and so I feel like by the time I'm ready to rewatch something, it's on Netflix. Mm. And it's like, well, I'm just, that's like my archive, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I should go back and watch that show I liked. Oh, look, there it is on Netflix. See, I just don't, I don't trust any of these people because, um, I'm not I, I trust mean, like, them. you know, like Doctor Who, they're taking Doctor Who off Netflix. Yeah. So now what? I, <laughs> well, the, might that's as well why, close that's up why I'm, I'm hoarding, I like hard drives full of content here because I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I buy stuff occasionally, but I, I tend not to. Also because I think that the season costs are usually really expensive. They can be, yeah, some um, of them. So it's like I, I'm very, very circumspect in terms of what I buy because I don't want to, like, I could very easily exceed the amount of money it would cost me for a cable bill. But I uh, I still want a streaming service where I can just pay for everything, like a Spotify, but for TV. That's what I want. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I think everybody would like that, but... Good luck. Yeah. Everybody would pay for that because that'd be great. But they're yeah, never right, going to do but, it but, because... God forbid wait, they what? actually develop it. Uh, 
So um, speaking of, so uh, you want to talk about Apple's? Uh... I don't really know much about Apple. Uh, so seventy seventy four point five million iPhones. Yes, is, is a um, is, is a, a pretty sh- shitload of a, iPhones. Yes, I believe that's the uh, the uh, correct terminology. To... I would actually, I said shit ton on Twitter, and a lot of people debated whether that was a metric or a metric. Yeah, ton. because that's what people do. Important question. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but you look at the um, you look at the amount of phone sales. And that is just staggeringly high comparative. Like, so that's the first quarter of 2015. So if you look at the first quarter of 2014, they sold 51 million. So you're like, okay, that's like half again as much. That's pretty big. And then you look back at the previous year's jump from 2013 to 2014, and they went um, from 47.8 to 51. Which is far more modest. Yeah, I mean that's a four million increase as opposed yeah, the, to the a spike in that. The spike in that graph is, is five kind of million. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, believe, I think Jason's got that up on. Uh, yeah, I was I was looking over at six colors because he's six got colors. he's got the pretty graphs. I yeah. actually was really impressed by the Mac numbers. Um, they are essentially flat, like just like from Q4 to Q1, because they're about five point five million in both cases. Um, but. Those are also both really high numbers of ma- like that's still almost record max sales, like two quarters in mm-hmm. a row um, of you know more than they've sold in the past, at least back to 2011 on this graph. So I'm really impressed with that. I mean, they said on the conference call that the uh, the 5K iMac sold really well. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that seems like that's a I mean, I bought twenty, but other than that, I didn't think they sure. Did no, that yeah, well. yeah, no. Yeah. You, you got you got to have that many. You got to assemble them into a giant. When giant you're a display. freelance writer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet Lex has one. Look at that guy. <laughs> Whoever he is, anyways, um, probably so, in the air right now. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, just yeah. floating. So um, just floating in the air. No one, no one understands how he does that. It's creepy and weird. <laughs> it's creepy. It's very creepy it's too. Very creepy. Uh, so seventy-five million iPhones, seven or uh, five point five million Max. Right. The the if there is a dull spot, it seems to be the iPad. Sure. So I, you know, Which, and I think uh, a lot's been made out of that they sold twenty-one point four million. It's, it's third best iPad sales quarter ever. Sure, but it's the it's but the trajectory, five. right? Right. Right. Because um, uh, every other year, if you look again, looking at sort of the same quarter in the last several years, they went from 15.4 million in 2012 to 22.9 million in 2013 to 26 million in 2014. And then they dropped back to a number in 2015 that is lower than the 2013 number in the same quarter. And it, which is kind of amazes me because I feel like, okay, the iPad Mini 3 we talked about before, it's not very good. In terms of just, it's not a big upgrade, right? There's no, right. it was going to, it was not a compelling upgrade for most people. Right. Um, but the iPad Air 2 is pretty sweet. I mean, it's a nice yeah. machine, but it's also kind of like the Cadillac, right? Like, I feel like most but people. But it's not different, you know, it's an incremental upgrade. It's not a huge, and there's no giant change in any particular feature set. Unlike with the phones where, okay, now all of a sudden, if you were holding off on getting an iPhone because you really wanted a big screen, mm-hmm. you had no excuse anymore. So, but and, uh, what what is the future of that? I mean, they can't. It's not like they're going to hold off again. Oh man, I got to hold off again until they come up with an even bigger screen. Because I think we have agreed that they've come to a pretty close to a limit in terms of how big they can make those screens. Yeah, 
I, I, I don't see Apple making a larger screen iPhone. I think it's possible they, you know, make a smaller screen iPhone because I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, how they would like a smaller screen iPhone. People are so fickle. <laughs> I want a bigger screen. I need I a bigger screen. Oh, no, it's too big. Not that big. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I, you know, I just like, I always keep going back to this, but like when the first iPhone was unveiled, everybody was talking about how, oh my gosh, they do, you know, they must've used a giant sized hand model to hold that phone because <laughs> They're trying to make it look smaller because everybody wants smaller phones. Right. It's like nobody's going to buy an iPhone because it's obviously too big. <laughs> then. Yeah. Enormous. That uh, must be frustrating. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. And I, I don't know what the deal with the iPad is. I mean, I, I do think that the most credence I would give it is that the the upgrade cycle on it is really unclear right now. Right. And that so that that giant curve at the beginning was everybody just loading up on iPads, and then now that they have iPads, they're kind of like you don't need you to know, replace every, them that often. Right? Every few years, I'll get one. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they tend to la- I think they have a longer curve than the phones. In part, I think because I you know, and just thinking off the top of my head, I see so many people with broken phones who have dropped their phones and like then need to replace it. I don't see that happen as much with the iPad because the iPad doesn't go as yeah. many places, I think, right? Right. You right. get your phone with you all the time. The chances of losing it or dropping it and damaging it yeah. are much higher, I think, than with the iPad. Yeah. So I, I know I, I finally switched. I had a complex password on my iPad and I finally thought I am never taking, I never take this out of the yeah. house anymore. So I'm just going to switch back to an easy one because I'm, you know, when I want to use it, I'm mostly either watching something or playing a game. Right. Um, I mean, because basically because I, I work out of my house now. So if, if I want to type something, I want to type it on my MacBook. And if I was, you know, if I was someone who traveled a lot or, or back when I used to commute, I used my iPad all the time as more of a input device. And I just don't do that as much anymore. Yeah, I use a simple passcode on my iPad. It's one, two, three, four. No, it's <laughs> the same code on my luggage. Uh, and... I yeah same for reason for you. I do take mine out of the house a lot, but I also feel like it's usually it's a lot less likely that I'm going to leave it somewhere. Also true, yeah. Um, oh, I did find I was saying that over the weekend I discovered the downside to Apple Pay, which is that I left my credit card in a restaurant and didn't realize because then I went to the grocery store and bought a bunch oh. of groceries with Apple Pay, <laughs> and it kind of led me into this weird. And the next day I had to pay for like a uh, you know like a parking garage or something with my with my credit card, and oh. I opened my opened my wallet. It was like. Huh. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, and it's, but it led me down this rabbit hole of like, oh, you know, it's really inconvenient to have to cancel your credit card. It's like, I still have my phone. My phone still works. I wish I could just get issued a new credit card that would not like make me replace my number everywhere, which is yeah. kind of the goal of the Apple Pay thing because right. um, it, it anonymizes all of them. But right. uh, yeah, I was like, it's you can go for a little while, you know, not everywhere, obviously, because of the, the support for it. But you can keep going and not realize that you may yeah. have lost your card somewhere, which then gets interesting in terms of like, I guess, disputing transactions and stuff. It's like, well, some of those things I kept, it was still me. Some of those things were other people maybe, but <laughs> I got my card back. They, you know, nothing bad happened. Uh, but it was, it was an interesting thought of, huh, this has really kind of changed the way that I do use things. Um, and yeah. I, and I was interested to hear Tim Cook talk about it Cause he spent a lot of time on the analyst call talking about Apple pay. Um, which is now coming to more outlets. Um, yeah. Something like 200,000 um, s- s- sort of like 
individual point of sale places like uh, oh, yeah, like machines, machines and, and yeah. parking and van parking pay stations. Yeah, so. I um I'm pretty excited about that. I know you said yeah. uh, you said you've really you haven't used it since the McDonald's incident of 2014. <laughs> 2014. Yeah, I mean, so McDonald's was the McDonald's drive through was basically where I was using it, and I eventually just stopped doing it because that the process is. Uh, fine is good for me, but a pain for them because they have to take the little, you know, the thing, the reader and hold it, you know, pick it up and hold it out the window so you can tap your phone against it. You know, you giant technology, giant Uh, technology douchebag. And, uh, and it's just like using it at McDonald's or what? Can't maybe use it someplace other than McDonald's. Well, yeah, well, yes, I shouldn't be. Yeah, I shouldn't be going to McDonald's in the first place. Uh, but I have a kid, so you have to go to McDonald's when you have children. It's uh, it's the law, Dan. I don't know if you, you probably don't know that. I don't. <laughs> and I just I don't have other places where I shop that it's I don't. First of all, I don't leave the house much. I'm something of a shut in. And the places that I go don't have it yet. Uh, the grocery, the two grocery stores that I go to don't have it yet. So. Well, that's, uh, yeah, apparently you're really, uh, yeah, you're, you're it's lame. Tacoma. It's Tacoma. <laughs> Forget it's it, John. Not, it's Tacoma town. It's never, it's never coming. Um, Although my uh, credit union will start uh, using Apple Pay. Yeah, one and, of my cards still doesn't support it, which kind of bums me out, but and I don't know if I'll get around to it. But uh, I have to say that, um, so I'm fascinated by this. It was like, uh, I think the figure he gave was like two out of every $3 spent in contactless payments in some of these places were Apple Pay, which Apple Pay. I, I guess doesn't shock me because it seems like I, I to before Apple Pay, I had never seen anybody pay with their phone before. Neither had I. Um, so it was not, I think, I assume that the volume is probably still incredibly yeah. low compared right. to cash or credit debit cards. Right. Um, so there's a lot, but there's a lot of upside there, right? Because there's a lot of chance for them to get in there because, you know, everybody wants to be a cool kid paying with their phone, right? Sure. I know I do. Yeah. (laughs) And they get 30% of each, each transaction, right? (laughs) (laughs) All of your money. goes. I love, I love spreading that rumor. (laughs) Well, it's like, I was trying to convince someone else. False rumor, by the way. And they, uh. And they're like, well, I'm wigged out by the fact that it shows me all my transactions and that there's all this information is in there. I'm like, oh, I love it. Yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole that's the same thing as if you go to your credit card site and look at it because it's just the info for your credit card. It's not Apple. Right. Apple doesn't have any of that info. It's just what's on your phone. Yeah. So, you know, OK, you can worry about that, but maybe worry about other more important things like space aliens trying to read your mind. <laughs> Which, you know, you're a fool if you don't think that's happening. Oh, that's why I'm wearing tinfoil as I record sure, this podcast. Sure. They can hear the crinkling. No, it's not just on my head. I just like toe, head to toe. Head <laughs> to toe. Fin- head to toe an entire, an entire body suit. Made I made a suit. Tinfoil. It's got a tinfoil tie. <laughs> I, find it, I find the use of the term tinfoil interesting. Because <laughs> it has not, are we really it has not been tin. It has not been tin for quite some time now. <laughs> and yet I, everybody still calls it tin. I think tinfoil. He, well, I mean, like, it's like... It's, it's shorter than aluminum foil. Isn't there a lot of, like, for example, isn't there a lot of money that doesn't necessarily contain the same things that it used to? Oh, like, sure. Like, yeah. Like, uh, wait, hold on, do, this, this is, we're totally... Does welcome the, to, welcome to not domestic <laughs> currency exchange talk. <laughs> uh, it's good to be here. Um, I was looking up, does the nickel still use nickel? It does, but it's mostly copper. Sure. Mostly copper. It's yeah. They've all they've all been moved to whatever the cheapest 
cheapest metal is. I guess they're like nickel plated or something. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, um, no longer any real value in trying to sell currency. Uh, yeah, or, I try that. Or, well, counterfeit, counterfeit coins. <laughs> yeah, are no longer. I mean, what you know, you're gonna, you're gonna expend more energy on that than it's worth. Yeah. So the only, the only, the only value is in, and I mean, even the dollar, they don't even bother like putting the security strip in it because it's like it's not. It's not worth. I've been I've been making a lucrative career in counterfeiting pennies. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that that is a that is potentially a win. You know those little, you know those little guns that shoot the discs, the little round plastic. Yeah, yeah. D- discs um, that they probably don't sell anymore because some kid poked his eye out with them. Sure. Um, I remember when my dad my dad used to take the train to the to to work, and when we were at, picking them up one day at the train station, they had these those parking meters that used to stick, and and these were like nickel ones mm-hmm. where you'd stick a nickel into. You can fill them up with a, with that, and uh, and those those things, those discs. I, I had that gun, and I just started shoving discs into the into the parking meter, and it worked. It's like, oh my god, hey, this works! Wow, how much that was a, that was? I should say a while ago. Uh, how so, much did it think? I was curious. Like, does it think they were like dimes or something? No, I think it thought it was nickels. Okay, so Back it wasn't given a, a lot of time. But you know, I don't know about you guys, but we we don't have a lot of parking meters that still take anything other no, than quarters. Pretty sure they don't make these anymore. <laughs> uh, they do actually. You know, there since is, the war, there is <laughs> which war? No, uh, there is a there is one town near me that still has parking meters that take nickels and dimes. Wow. And I'm every time I go through, I'm like, oh, I can totally use all this change gonna, that I'm never going to use otherwise. And and they will uh, they'll be replacing that soon with an Apple Pay. Uh, <laughs> nice terminal. So wait, uh, but hold on, but pennies are mostly zinc. I'm super confused. How come we're mostly? How come the nickels are mostly copper, but the pennies are mostly zinc? That seems so counterintuitive. I'm going to guess because zinc is worth less than copper. I, I guess. Wow. I don't know. Anyway, let's discuss some headwinds in regards. Let's to talk about a currency headwinds. Let's get back to our, our main topic for the day, which is currency headwinds and hedging. Oh, so yeah, yeah. one one of the one there's a, you know anytime Apple has a conference call, there's it, the game begins to come up with interesting statistics and compare them to other statistics to uh, make humorous points. And one of the ones that was made this week, and uh, I forget by who, it, but it's that uh, the amount of money that Apple Apple's revenue was reduced yes. by the currency headwinds is the same amount it was, it was of Google's, money that I think it was Google, Ben Thompson. Yeah. The same amount of money that Google made overall. And, you know, this is fascinating because it is that whole uh, dynamic of people. And I was having this conversation with someone about, like, the Apple, if they invest a fraction of their cash on hand. And they have almost $180 billion in cash and short and long-term marketable securities. Thank you, Lisa <laughs> Maestri. Uh, but I mean, that's so much money just to have sitting in the bank. I think uh, I was talking to Paul Cafasis, uh, and he said like he did the math and it's like $33 of cash per share. <laughs> um, and I feel like if they invest even a small portion of that into just, you know, some you know good financial and make some good financial investments with that, they could basically lose money for a long time before they ever went broke. Sure. And they're not losing money, so that's even like a like fantasy <laughs> scenario, right? You know, and so the idea that they could potentially be be doomed, even if the bottom were to fall out of their stock tomorrow, 
I just don't see how they would get to a point where they would fold up shop, right? right. It just seems it seems totally defying. You know, it totally defies logic. Yeah, and they come. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, and then the other statistic was what they they made more money than anybody has ever made. They made right? more money than Something. any company ever any company made in a quarter. Has ever made. And that beats like gas companies and oil companies. Right. I think they said so. Of the current, this is according to TechCrunch, of the current top twenty record holding earners. 15 are oil and gas producers, primarily Exxon, Mobil, and Shell. The other five are all Apple over various quarters. <laughs> they make $8.3 million of profit or re- in profit. $8.3 million of profit every day. Or sorry, per hour. Per hour. Per hour. 24 hours a day. Holy crap, dudes. <laughs> I mean, and this is fascinating from the perspective of this is a company that makes luxury goods, essentially. Like, you know, I, I would, I think you could classify them as luxury goods. You can get all of these goods for cheaper costs. You just sure. can't get the quality. Um, and it's not like, it's like, you know, gas, oil, you got a stranglehold because people need gas and oil. Nobody really yeah. needs an iPhone or a Mac. <laughs> so all of this is just stuff that people have elected to buy. Right. Um, and that is that's amazing. That is amazing. So, not likely to go out of business. I don't think soon. they're going and out of business. This, I mean, this mentality has just been held on to since the mid '90s. Sure. The idea that you know Apple is, and, and John Gruber has written about this a number of times, but just the idea that Apple is is a company that only makes its money by through marketing tricks. And um, at any any moment, people are going to wake up and realize that they're just buying expensive, overpriced crap, and that they're going to just summarily stop doing it and switch to the lowest commodity. Right, right. Just like the people who buy Porsches and you know right. Lexuses wake up the next all, day, all, like, of, all of oh, a sudden God. decide to buy. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to go buy Yugos. Yugos. I the poor yeah. Yugo. I mean, the poor they don't even make those anymore. No, and yet that's still we still kick the Yugo around. Sorry. What is the modern day? There is no modern day equivalent for a Yugo, is there? Uh, no, there really is. I I don't know. I mean, I can't think of a car company that's as that was as resoundingly kicked around the block as the Yugo. Uh, like I don't know, Hyundai. Well, even Hyundai, mean, but Hyundai makes good cars. Yeah, now, now anyway. I mean, I think they weren't as good when they started out, but now they're very good cars right yeah and that's the thing is like everybody even ford is making good cars these days yeah like i would have knocked them for a bit but i don't know what the uh yeah i don't know who makes the cheap like cheapest cars in the sense of like least worthwhile cars let's somebody call, needs to somebody call, needs to step uh, in there let's call casey Liss. he'll know <laughs> somebody needs to step in and fill that hole <laughs> yeah seriously the crazy cheap really crappy car Right, because like the cheapest car, like I was just looking. Car and driver has a list. Of why are we doing? We're in, now on. Welcome now to we're on uh, cars. The car club, <laughs> the car vertical. Uh, the Honda Fit costs like sixteen thousand dollars, but like it's a really good car. I know a bunch of people own ones. The Ford Fiesta, I think people like that too. I don't know. Yeah. Toyota Yaris, like all these cars are like cheap, but pretty well. Like I think people like them. Even the smart car. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain value on a smart car. I've seen people driving them around town. They a bunch of our uh, city employees. They have like a city fleet of them. So they even do they drive them in the snow? Even God, I don't. know. They roll them in the snow. <laughs> I think they toboggan places in the snow. They just 
How about Kia? They're like, they're like Legolas. They're like Legolas. They just drive, they ride right on top of the yeah, snow. Exactly. They, don't even, they don't even make an impression. They put skids on. <laughs> um, anyways. So, yeah. So, it is impressive to me that a company that makes things that people don't actually need, but that they want, uh, is the most profitable company in the world. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the other little tidbit of information that we got out of this is that the Apple Watch ships in April. Oh, yeah. So we discussed earlier, because I know we were talking about, like, oh, was there a date with it or not? And he said, you know, someone tried to nail Tim Cook on that. Like, oh, so it's, uh, yeah, I noticed that so, Apple Watch shipping a little later than you thought. A couple like, months later. And he's like, uh, <laughs> we said early 2015. We tend to think of the first four months as early. The middle four is the middle. And the last four is late 2015. I was like, wow, Tim Cook. Way to take that guy down a peg by explaining a- how the calendar works. <laughs> It's it's a pretty dumb argument as to whether or not they they met their their supposed ridiculously vague deadline. Sure, but we hear that I all mean, the time with Apple. Apple delays such a such a product, such yeah, a, right. such a product, which has not even been announced, and people are saying that they got delayed. I think in this case, I mean, Apple was very careful to say early, you know, 2015, right, or spring 2015, yeah. because they, I think, if they felt comfortable about you know a shipping date, they would have given a, given a shipping date last right. year. But there's right. no reason and you for can them usually to. assume that if they're if they're giving some kind of a any kind of vague. Uh, you know, guess as to when it might be. It's going to be at the latter part of that big guess. Sure. Although April is going to be pretty. Uh, April's pretty smack dab in the middle of the spring, though. So. Yeah, yeah, but I think I don't. <laughs> if you if you're if you're going so far as to divide the year up into three quarters, er, early, three, mid, uh, late, four, you're at thirds. the you're at the late part three of early quarters. in April. Well, okay. All I'm saying is that my birthday tends to be. Tends to be <laughs> not every year, but it's most all about years. You. It's all about you getting a watch for your birthday. Most years, my birthday tends to be at the end of April, um, and so I just you know I feel good because now I can just totally justify spending three hundred fifty dollars or whatever to buy myself a watch for my birthday because mm, sure. God knows nobody's going to do it for me. <laughs> well. Yeah, I'm not. I've, that, that, that's, I, that was that's holding. I think unspoken. we established that on a previous episode, actually. Yeah, yeah. Not going to happen. Um, but I'm excited about that because you know now that we're sort of honing in on a on a date, uh, you know, like once yeah. again, it proves that this is a real thing. Right. Um, so I'm pretty psyched about about buying my Apple Watch at some point. And uh, and um, and then you'll just have to start saving up for your Hololens. Yeah, that's important too. Right. Uh, I will be. However much that might be. Someone said today suggested that the, um, I think they were pointing at the Samsung VR goggles rather than the HoloLens, but they were suggesting that the VR goggles would be great for in-flight entertainment. And I just thought, I don't get motion sick very easily, but I feel like if you're on a plane and you're doing one thing in like a holographic reality and you hit like some turbulence... And I, I already don't like turbulence, but like I feel like if you, the plane starts bucking up and down while you're trying to use the virtual reality, I feel like that would make me nauseous. I will just be, I, yeah, no, I'm, I, I would not be able to do that. So I think I understand what they're shooting for by suggesting that, but I think the practicalities of actually, like you just get people barfing everywhere is my feeling. Nobody <laughs> wants that on a plane. And they won't even know because they have the VR goggles on. <laughs> so you're going to like zip them into like self-contained suits. They're so like, all right, that's fine. You might feel some. You might feel like you're throwing up a little bit. That's fine. Just gonna hose you down. <laughs> Those rides at the um, at like Dis- or I don't know if there is one at Disney, but uh, some of the other places, Universal, where, where you just you're going into a box. Yeah, they um, and they the basically s- just shake it like the Star Wars Star one Tours, was like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, it, it, at times, it bothers. Those me. always I always get nause- nauseated in those and 
I think it depends on where I like if I've just eaten or something like that. But like, and also just that they're at least the motions that they're experiencing you to are in sync with what's happened, what you're seeing. But uh, I think not exactly. Well, well, I mean, well, yes, yes, but they're not the same. I mean, you know, right. they they want to, you know, it's, but like as if, if you're, you're as if you're accelerating, they're just tilting you backwards. Right, right, right. But like, there is a there is a, a sync to that, right? Whereas if you're doing some sort of immersive VR thing on the plane, the yeah. plane, what the plane is doing is totally disconnected from what you are experiencing, right? And I think right. that's that kind of experience would get me because you would lose your frame of reference, right? Um, and I think that's what tends to induce the sort of motion sickness thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to count that one out. I also don't think the HoloLens will be pretty good for in-flight ent- entertainment unless you just want to look around and see how many of your, your fellow passengers now have holograms on them. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> there's a hologram on you. <laughs> get it off, get it off. You know, I think the HoloLens is, is going to be a huge boon to the drug-using community. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> dude. Yeah, right. Have oh, we totally get high and use the HoloLens. <laughs> Although... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to, uh, there'll be some interesting marketing. <laughs> it sells really well in Colorado. Carefully right? target that dem- that rich demographic. <laughs> I mean, if you can afford. <laughs> of people who are already spending all their money on drugs. Yeah, if you can afford some good drugs, you can probably afford a HoloLens, is all I'm <laughs> Not necessarily. Not if you're spending all no, your money spend, on the yeah, drugs. I mean, yeah, recreationally. I'm not suggesting yeah. this is for the heroin addict in your life. Right. So then the other uh, the other thing was to compare Apple's iPhone shipments to Samsung's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard and, about that. Uh, and I believe, in, if I'm quoting this correctly, that Samsung technically shipped a few more phones, but Apple actually sold more phones for the quarter. Um, so, sorry, say Samsung shipped more. Phones? I believe Samsung shipped more, okay. um, but Apple so- actually sold more because Samsung always. So the, you know, nobody actually knows how many Samsung sold, right? And because they don't report that, but they report how many they shipped. I think. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think they do. Yeah, they do. Like I don't. They, so they, so these analysts like it's creative strategies. In, I don't know. It gets confusing. Yeah. So Creative Strategies estimates that the, that uh, Apple sold more. Okay. Uh, so yeah, my question there is, does it matter? Uh, you know, I mean, what matters is, is, is what matters is the trajectory, and right. you know, Apple's is has fits and starts because they only release phones, new phones, once a year. Right. So they get a big they get a big spike and then it goes back down and then it spikes back up again and goes back down. Whereas Samsung is releasing a new phone every five minutes, so their trend line is is smoother. But the trend their trend line is going down right. over the last four quarters. Yeah, well, uh, and and you know, like you said, Samsung ships phones at a variety of times during the year and has dozens of models. So it'll 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 tilt back probably next quarter, possibly next quarter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we, I don't think, so here's the thing. Next year, whenever Apple decides to release its new phone and, you know, for the holiday season, uh, is there any way they can top that? Can they sell more than 75 million iPhones? Like, I don't think they can't, they can't increase at that rate again. No, it doesn't seem like. So I feel like every, in fact, in fact, I mean, they may, they may actually have a decrease in iPhone sales. Right. 
next winter. Well, what did we? December quarter. Well, we're gonna see because um, we'll probably see what like a like a six S and a six plus S or something. Yeah, I mean I it's not know. gonna be right. And so I think I think their best shot is releasing if they release a as I think I've suggested a couple times. If, if think if they release a six C that is a like five C form factor, but has the internals of the six and like maybe a little bit of the styling, but is like right. you know a a four inch screen as opposed to a four point three. You mean or whatever. you mean the Moltz phone. The Moltz phone, as we call the it. The Moltz phone 5000. Yeah. yeah. I think if also if they call it that, I think it would be really unexpected. <laughs> sales sales, sales would be huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's, there, let's put it this way. There's no way I think they can, and you know, maybe I'm putting myself on a limb here. There's no way they can have the same growth rate that they did from last year to this year, right? Does they they went up by 50%. If they did that again, they'd be at what, like over 100 million yeah. phones? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's even possible that it, it could decline because they have been... There's been this pent up demand for larger phones right. for so long, and they've now they've benefited from it, and I'm, I'm they've just burnt. They've kind of burned that. I'm flashing forward to the to the earnings call a year from now, where yeah. the investors are all like, "Well, <laughs> last year I had this and these." Like, guys, last year we had the whole new iPhone six and all that. Right. So, like, you know, come on, cut us some slack. I mean, the only other thing is that they have not. Uh, I think they've only just now reached uh, the ability to deliver the phones to keep up with demand right 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 so, they said, so that, that i mean that is the one thing that did constrain last quarter is that they were they were not able to make all the phones that they could have sold right well so i think the thing that it comes down to here and i talked a little bit about this this week on over on the clockwise podcast was the idea that like so somebody on twitter was like oh they should you know they'll change their name to iphones inc or whatever i was like yeah but people said that a decade ago about the ipod and the iPod is basically, you know, see, its day is over, right? It's right. not even broken right. out in the in the financial listings anymore. Uh, so ten years from now, will the iPhone be their main cash cow still? I, I don't know that that's true. No, I don't um, think so. I think there will be something else. I think that you know, one thing Apple realizes is that it can't stand still and rest on its laurels, and that it has to keep you know inventing new product categories. And so. Right. I don't think the watch necessarily is the is you know an iPhone level category, right. uh, but I think it stands to make a decent amount of money, and I think it you know bridges the gap as they sort of figure out what what is next. Uh, and maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. Like maybe you know five years from now, our watch is our primary computing device. I don't know, but I, I think that you know they trying to say that they are only ever as good as what they're doing right now. <laughs> Which is what is idiotic. Yeah, I mean, people keep doing that. You know, they keep making the same mistakes. I mean, they've been doing that forever, and saying that same thing. You know, okay, Apple. You know, Apple was a one-trick pony with the iPod. Oh, then the iPhone comes out, and it was oh, now Apple's a one-trick pony with the iPhone. Okay, if you want to keep, yeah, if you want to keep they saying have many that, tricks, they are a pony that does all of these tricks. <laughs> but it keeps riding new ponies. I traditionally have spent like I've gotten watches that are in the sixty seventy five dollar range. I something think something I, decent, but not like. I think the last watch I bought was a Timex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. So I feel like I've saved up. I do have my grandfather's silver pocket watch, but that's a different. You know, that's a horse of a different yeah. color. Sure, you're not wearing that around. No, every God, day. No. 
in my house yeah sure well yeah <laughs> where i often need your, to know what time it is in your smoking jacket well yeah <laughs> with my pipe <laughs> that's how i dress it's every an affected day. look 